Shauna and Jody here with Real Sisters, Real Talk. We're glad to have you joining us as we talk about growing in our faith with God. Hey, welcome to Real Sisters, Real Talk. I'm Jody, and my sister Shauna is here, and we are excited to catch up with you today. We are in the Christmas season. It is happening, and um, with that comes a lot of really fun things. We have a lot of events at church. Um, we did a Christmas tree lighting and just some fun things um, that are kind of preparing, you know, in this Advent season for Christmas to come. Um, and then there's also just a lot of preparations at home for this Christmas season. Season. So I don't know um, about you, but Christmas shopping has been something that um, definitely can stress me out. I remember one year, this is before um, Johnny and I were even married, and I needed one more gift for one of our family members, Shauna, and I was shopping on Christmas Eve as the stores were closing, and I ended up just buying something at the last second and putting it (laughs) you know, just, and it was ended up being a good gift, but it was like, I ended up spending more than I probably would have. And because I was just desperate, I needed to get something. And I remember saying, and I was maybe 20 at the time. And I remember saying, never again, will Mm -hmm. I do that? And I have to tell you that even before Thanksgiving, I had a ton of my presents wrapped and I, there have been years when I've, yeah, there was, there's been years when I was completely done Christmas shopping by Thanksgiving because I knew I would never hmm. be in that scenario again oh because it, it caused so much stress. <laughs> yeah, that is not cool at all. As you're telling me the story, I was going, yeah. there is no way. This is not how you do Christmas. I don't even understand until you, you know, threw us back to you were 20 years old. That makes more Tw- sense yes. to me because yeah, like yeah. you are <laughs> like of everybody I know on planet earth, you are on it when it comes to your Christmas shopping, like way ahead of everybody else. Yeah, I do not like to wait. And you know, it's one of those things where I was put in such an uncomfortable position. I had put myself, I was not put in it. I had put myself (laughs) in such an uncomfortable position (laughs) that I just knew I never want to face this again. And so I have worked. I mean, I, I have never done that again. I am always done way ahead of time. And I think one of the reasons is... I love this season. We've talked about this. Like day after Thanksgiving, man, all my Christmas plates come down. My other plates go away. Like I I decorate. I love this season. And so if I want to really enjoy it, I want to make a cup of hot chocolate and go look at Christmas lights or I want to head down um, and, and walk through the, you know, we have a, like a, um, canal that you can walk through and all the houses are decorated. It's just beautiful. If I want to be able to do all that and enjoy all that, then I need to have my stuff done. And so that's part of the motivation, but also part of the motivation is I don't like to live in chaos. That is not healthy, a healthy Mm -hmm. way for us to live. And so then I have to make the right choices to make sure that I don't have to live in that, or I'm not making the choices to live into that kind of chaos. And so honestly, we're going to talk about peace today. Mm-hmm. That's going to be one of the first topics we talk about. We have two that we're going to talk about today, peace and love, but just talking about peace and some of it, you know, peace comes from Christ, but there are choices we can make in life that also promote a peaceful way of life. And I want to make those choices. I want to, um, I, I want to, I want to live that way. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Peace. Oh my goodness. I mean, just the whole conversation about peace brings up so many thoughts for me with what's going on in the world right now with the war in Ukraine, with the war in Israel, and just um, 
I've, I've, this has always been, peace has always been something that I have longed for. I, I mean, I think we all long for it. I don't know if you're Enneagram familiar, but Enneagram nine is the person who is the peacemaker. Like more than anything, I just want, like, I want you and me to be okay and you and you to be okay and you and her to be okay. Like, I just want peace, you know? And yeah. when we, I, Jodes, oh my goodness, we could talk about this for days, but when you, when you make it your, your goal to have peace be out there, it's exhausting. Like if I, if you got to be good with you and you got to be good with me and everybody's got to be good all the time. Like what I found myself doing was trying to keep people happy and trying to please people to keep peace. And it was literally exhausting for me. And, I, and the other thing is it's, it's just futile. Like it actually doesn't, yeah. You can't do it. We don't have that kind of control. But the peace that we talk about at Advent is a is a totally different kind of peace. It's not circumstantial. It's not something that you can muscle up on your own. It's a gift. It's a it's a spiritual gift from our heavenly Father, from the giver of good gifts. And I think about Jesus's own life and how often he said, "Peace I give to you." You know, he would enter the room and and extend peace yeah. to them. And he even instructed his disciples, right? He said, when you, when you go out, cause I'm going to send you out. And when you go out, offer your peace, extend your peace. And if your if your peace is not received there, move on from there. But if your peace is received, yeah. you know, stay, that's a place to minister. That's a place to share who I am with people. So the beautiful thing that we celebrate at the Christmas season, that's part of Advent when it comes to peace is that Jesus himself is the prince of peace. Yeah, he, he's not, right. he's not, it's not even like that he's distributing peace. Like here's a little bit for you, Jodes. Here's a little bit for you, Shauna. Here's a little bit for you listening. No, he is the prince of peace. And as we draw near to him, we experience who he is and who he is is peace. And so we're more at peace because of him. Amen. Amen. You know, just kind of talking through the, this world is so not a place of peace. Um, you know, just the evil going on and all of that kind of stuff. John 16 33 is one of my favorite verses, but it says it's Jesus is talking. He's teaching to his disciples. It's that like after the Passover and he's doing that last teaching with his disciples. And he says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. Hmm. And then he says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So we look at the world. I mean, Johnny and I pray, I've said this before, Johnny and I pray together every night before we go to sleep and we pray for the end of uh, sex trafficking, the end of abortion, mm -hmm. the end of the wars. Like we pray for these things every night. And when we look to these things, it's very easy to to become very um, anxious or unsettled or, and then you recognize, oh no, he has overcome the world. And so it doesn't, mm -hmm. those kind of things are not where I'm looking. The, the, um, the non-existence of those things are not what brings peace. Mm -hmm. It is faith in Christ that brings peace. Mm -hmm. The Holy spirit is peace. That's where my peace comes from. And, um, that's what really matters. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we want to experience a peace in our soul. I know a thing or two about anxiety. I know anxiety we've, we've had, we've done a whole episode on it, but there are different levels of anxiety on the spectrum, if you will, of, you know, from, I get anxious once in a while to, you know, panic attacks and hospitalization and medication and, um, all sorts of things. But, you know, that's the opposite of being at peace is feeling anxious, we talked about, you know, the, the peace of proximity to Jesus, how we get to experience peace, but he even goes further than that in Colossians three fifteen through 17. Listen to this and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I mean, I could just stop right there, right? Like, wait a minute, let right. peace, let peace govern. <laughs> That's what it means to rule, to rule and reign. Let, let peace rule and reign in my heart. So I'll keep going. Let that the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So not only do we get to experience mm. measures of peace, but we're called to actually let peace, the Prince of Peace, reign. Let peace reign in our hearts and and govern how we interact with people. You know, when you are, when it is Christmas Eve and it's crazy and you are out in the crazy and people are cutting you off and the lines are like ridiculously long. Yeah, your circumstances may not be peaceful at all, but in that moment, you can choose, we can choose to let the peace of Christ reign in us and say, Lord, let me experience a measure of your peace now, you know, let, let peace reign in me, even in the midst of this chaos. Yeah. And so then it talks, those things that you listed afterwards, like giving thanks and all of those things come as a result of peace. And they also bring more peace because it draws us closer mm. to God. And it's this, what a beautiful cyclical cycle that I want to be on is yeah. to be able to have that, that response. And then because of my response, experience more peace. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. You know, the thing, and the thing that tricked me about peace earlier on when I was trying to make everybody happy was I was deeply committed to being a peace keeper when God had yeah. called me to be a peacemaker. <laughs> and yes. so being a peacemaker means that you're not always avoiding the conversations that need to be had. You're actually, you know, with the Holy Spirit leading you, seeing what needs to happen and what needs to change now for peace to be in our future. And I think sometimes we can misunderstand that. Absolutely. I also think we need to bring the peace of Christ into the situation. And so we're not relying on our own wisdom and our own strength, but we want to bring the peace of Christ, which when we, you know, we talk about, we pray um, in the, the prayer that the um, Lord's prayer that is taught in Matthew by Jesus um, your kingdom come, your will be done. We actually here on earth as it is in heaven. So we get to be part of that, bringing the peace of Christ to earth by mm -hmm. the way that we enter in. If we enter in after being in relationship with God or from being in relationship with God, then we get to bring the peace of Christ into that relationship or that interaction. The other thing I think too, is to understand that we cannot be responsible for their emotions. And so that's when we start to be a peace 
keeper is when we're mm -hmm. trying to manage someone else's emotions. But if we are a peacemaker, then we're willing to just bring the peace of Christ into the situation. And you're still mm -hmm. responsible to manage your own emotions. And because we can't possibly control that, mm -hmm. um, that's not always easy, but the right way. Yeah. I'm curious, what is, um, for you personally, what are, what is most likely to rob you of your peace? Where do you have to kind of pay attention? I think when I really start to put my eyes on the world mm -hmm. and start to focus on the things that are happening, you know, I look at, um, my granddaughter, I want her and my future grandchildren, I want them to have a, a world that has peace and that is following Christ. And mm -hmm. I want them to experience that. And I'm not sure what their lifetime will hold, but I do trust that God has got them in the palm of his hand and he has a plan for them. And so when I focus on the, the negative things happening, the dangers that are out there, you know, that kind of thing, then I, that's what robs me of my peace. And so when I bring that before the Lord and I'm reminded that he is, he is God, he is sovereign, mm -hmm. he is holy, he's won, the, the battle's won, then that's when, when I can experience the peace of Christ. And so, yeah, I really think it's when I get my eyes on the, you know, I've said this before, but I love the, in the new Testament where it talks about, um, you know, the disciples are out on the water and there's a big storm raging and Jesus is not with them. And they are just feel like they're going to lose life and, um, water's coming over the side of the, the boat. And then Jesus comes walking out on the water and, um, they're scared. And then, you know, he says, it's, it's me. Don't be scared. And Peter says, if it's you tell me to come out and, and so he does, he gets out of the boat and, and Peter walks on water when his mm -hmm. eyes are on Jesus. But as soon as he looks to the waves and the danger, he starts to sink. And that's such a visual <laughs> for me of when I start to lose my peace yeah. is where are my eyes? Because peace is about relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I've never thought about this before, but, but this is a fresh insight as you were sharing that, like when he was in the boat and the, the storm was, you know, raging and the waves are what he feared. Yeah. But in the presence of Jesus, when he kept his eyes focused on Jesus, he mastered the waves. Like he stood on top of them. They were under his feet. Right. The very thing that he was afraid of became the thing that he had authority over. Right. I don't know. I feel like I need to spend some more time with that. That's, no <laughs> yeah. kidding. We could do a we could do a whole um series on that. That'd be fun mm -hmm. to to actually dive into. Um yeah. so yeah, I mean peace is about we we actually find our peace in spending time with the Lord. Um that's the you know, if 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 we've lost peace, then we know where to go. We need yeah. to turn to him and um lean in. I think the thing for me that robs my peace the most is any thought that I have that I'm thinking of the situation and I'm not thinking about God being a part of the situation. So 
if I'm looking at a circumstance or, you know, I'm going to walk into something that feels like it's going to be tense. If I think about that thing and I don't think about God's presence there, oh yeah, no peace. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But if I, yeah, if I think about what's coming and what I'm fearful about, and then I picture, you know, the, but God, but God will be in the midst of that. Whew. So, cause anytime we picture a future without Christ, without God, we're not seeing it rightly because he's there. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when I'm not seeing it rightly, that's when I feel like my peace gets robbed. And so I have to remind myself, oh, wait a minute. I'm not walking into that circumstance on my own. God will be there in the middle of that, in the midst of that. And he'll be, he'll be advising me. He'll be ministering to me. He'll be, you know, understanding me. He'll be giving me counsel and, you know, tell me when to be quiet. No, it's totally up to me whether I listen or don't listen. And, you know, I want to listen, but I don't always, I'm just saying, I've not walked this out perfectly, but that is my heart's desire. But it's, but to think of it, but to think of it without him, that A, robs my peace and B, is just not accurate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just kind of in light of what we were talking about, Romans twelve eighteen says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peace, peaceably with all. Mm-hmm. That kind of puts perspective, right? Like we can't control the things out there, um, but there are places that we can bring peace and we can certainly walk in the peace of Christ. Um, so yeah, just an important thing. And when we get to experience peace, not when we get to, what because we get mm. the peace of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, there's a richness that we experience, right? It is, it completely changes the game. And I would say, you know, the same is true with love. We, we're talking about the last two in the Advent, peace and yeah. love. Um, I think about the love we can only love because he first loved us. So as I receive love from God, I'm able to love. And that's literally the only way I can love the way that Christ loves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate expression of Christ's love is for us to receive that the ultimate expression of his love for us was on the cross when he made it possible for us to, to love the way that he loves and to be in relationship with him for all, for all eternity. But what a beautiful thing when that love is expressed one to another, because in the, you know, Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he didn't say, well, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And he didn't say the greatest commandment is to love other people the way that you love yourself. He said, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and super important conjunction, (laughs) and to love other people the way that God loves you, the way that I have loved you. I mean, he modeled for us what it was to look like. And it's not an either or, and it's not, you know, it is, it is a both. And this is the greatest commandment that both of these things are expressed in your life, deep, intimate love for God and deep, intimate love for other people. Amen. Amen. Um, and so what does that, what does that look like practically in life to 
love God and love others. I think I just, mm-hmm. you know, as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking, so to love God, you know, in order to love somebody, you need to be in relationship with them. So that means we need to nurture this relationship. And again, this is not to earn God's love. He loves us. Um, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. John three sixteen. like mm-hmm. we, God's love is directed to us. We are loved, but in response to that, we need to love. And so I just think like practically, um, what does it look like? I have a quote that I, I think I wrote down, um, that I thought was really profound. And I'm just thinking about that as, um, as I'm saying this. So C.S. Lewis, it says, do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Mic drop, right? (laughs) That's so good. C.S. Lewis for the win. Oh my goodness. I, right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are things that we put before the Lord, like, Lord, do you want me to be generous or not so much. And it's like, yeah, be generous. You know, you do, yep. there are certain things that I think we do bring before the Lord and wonder and ask for his, you know, wisdom and counsel. And it's like, clearly you don't have to check in with me to, to find out if you should be loving your neighbors. Let's just right. act like you already do. <laughs> just act like you already do. Just do That's it. Mm-hmm. I have one more quote to throw at you. It was from yeah. Augustine. It says, what does love look like? It has hand, the hands to help others. It has the feet to hasten to the poor and needy. It has eyes to see misery and want. It has ears to hear the sighs and sorrows of men. That is what love looks like. Mm. So it's really caring for people. You know, and you said this, Christ modeled that. God has modeled what love looks like in the way that he has loved us. And so we're called to love like that in a very healthy way. There's discipline that comes with love. There's truth that comes with love. There's grace that comes with love. You know, all of that comes with it. But, um, but yeah, to, to really, sometimes it honestly means physically meeting needs and, Mm -hmm. or an ear to listen Mm -hmm. as someone is, you know, processing and that kind of thing too. So love is a very practical thing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me at Christmas time that, you know, obviously we so resonate with Jesus. Like, oh, he was hungry. He was tired. He, he was tempted. You know, he, he was human. And that makes us feel this connection to him that we've shared some of the same things. You know, he, he walked and I don't know, he just had all the human experiences. Right. Um, and I think oftentimes we see God, the father as, being judgmental and angry and, you know, just, I don't know, up on his throne with all of his authority and all of his power. And then we have this very different image of Jesus. And I love, I love, first of all, that God loved us so much that he wanted to be among us. And he's like, yeah, I want to breathe, you know, like you breathe. I want to, I want to touch the grass. I want to sleep. I want to experience all that you experienced. That was the only way to write himself into the story was the only way to be among us. Right. So he did. And that he had a plan through that, that he would open up relationship for us to be with him for all eternity. And, and through Jesus's life, we get to see who the father is. Jesus himself said, 
hey, you've seen the disciples were like, man, if we could just see the father, if you just show us the father, we'd be so good. <laughs> like, that'd be awesome. And he's like, you've seen the father. Like, if you, we've been eating together. We've been traveling together. You know me. You know the father. That's my little paraphrase. But basically he just said, yeah, if, if you've seen me, you've seen the father already. And so all of the ways in which Jesus Christ served and loved and listened, valued women, like all of the things that we see mm-hmm. expressed in Jesus's life are the heart of the father. I mean, he, that's, which is beautiful. we get to see his love. Yeah. Through Jesus. Yeah. 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 So good. And, and then in response to that is how and why we want to love others. Mm-hmm. So it's always, you know, our ability to love is always in response to receiving God's love. Um, and our love is so, um, I don't know if this is the right even way to say it, temporal. God's love is enduring. His, mm-hmm. I mean, First Chronicles 1634 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures mm-hmm. forever. That's it, actually hard to grasp that God's love is everlasting. Um, it is out of his love that he created us. And um We've watched, we can see through the Bible, his constant reaching to us in love. Mm-hmm. And ultimately we get to spend eternity with him because he loves us so much. Um, that's an overwhelming thought. It is. And the fact that he is love. And so his love is not mm-hmm. based on my performance. Like he doesn't love me more when I'm having a really good day and struggle with loving me when I'm struggling he's so faithful to his own character. He, he can't, who is God that he would be able to lie? Like he can't lie. He's, he's so everything that he says to us in love is what we experience. All of his promises, you know, our promises that are kept and we, we get little glimpses of the way that God loves us and in people you know, we might have somebody who's just been so generous with you and you're like, this just doesn't even make sense that this person has been so generous with me. Well, that is a, a tiny little picture of how generous and how loving God is, you know, and another person who, who loved you so much that they were willing to have a difficult conversation and they weren't even sure how you were going to be able to receive it, but it was what was best for you. And they, they loved you enough to be able to step into that and even maybe risk the relationship because they love you so much and they want what's best for you. Like that's, that's a precious kind of love. And that is such an example of how the father loves us, that he disciplines us. And he, he brings our stuff to mind. When we sit with the Lord, he challenges us to become all that he has made us to become. And so, but it's all, if you were to take every little example of perfect, pure love that you've experienced from every human only the good stuff, just the good notes, just the, just the fun stuff. And you put it all together, it would still pale in comparison to God's perfect love. Yeah, absolutely. Because his love is so amazing. There, there are times, I'm just thinking as you're sharing, times when I have felt like um, just overwhelmed by something that God did for me. And I just think, you love me that much, God. Mm. Like, you know, it's, it's those moments. I think those little aha moments when you just feel overwhelmed by his love. And so sometimes, like you said, we get glimpses of that through people. And sometimes 
God showers his love on us um, in a, in a situation or um, providing for a need that, you know, couldn't have been provided for in Mm -hmm. any other way. And you just, you just think, oh God, you love me so much, but we have to have eyes to see where he's at work. Because if we don't have eyes to see, then we don't give credit where credit is due. Yeah. And so um, we need to be looking for the ways that God is loving us too. And I think we need to help each other see that, mm-hmm. like one another too. So, uh, you know, somebody just, just in a conversation I was having yesterday, somebody shared, you know, I can't believe that you came when I was, they were going through something incredibly difficult, incredibly hard. And a friend showed up and just walked in the door and said, you're not hanging out in your bedroom today. We're going, we're going to run errands. So get some shoes on. We're going. And she's like, I don't, I don't want to go. I can't go. And, and her, you know, dear friend said, well, you're going. So put your shoes on because you're not staying here feeling sorry for yourself. Um, so, you know, when she said, I just can't believe that you would love me enough that you would step in and that you would do that for me. And, and I just said, you know, very gently and respectfully, the friend was there also. And I just said, that was awesome that you did that. But I said, that was, that was really the love of God through her. Yeah. That God sent her to, cause he saw you and he knew what you were going through. And he's the one who put on her mind for her to go, go get her. <laughs> yep. You know, go get her and get her out of bed. Don't, don't take no. <laughs> yeah. And so I think yeah. that we can help point out to one another too, because we're, I think we're quicker to elevate one another, then we are to recognize that it's God in one another that's yeah prompting those experiences. So yeah, I have a quick story, Shauna, yeah. and I will try to make it quick. And I don't, I don't think I've shared this before on the podcast, but we had a, um, you know, this is like twelve years ago, and when, when Johnny's dad was passing away, and we were mm-hmm. doing the care for him, we in we had him in his home. Um, and his mom was still alive then. And so we were, we were taking, we were the ones doing the care. We had hospice help, of course, but, um, it was our night. We had come out of ministry. So I didn't have, and the kids were still in school. Tyler was in high school, wasn't driving yet. Lauren was in middle school and I didn't have anything for them for breakfast. I had packed stuff cause we, we had been at church the night before. And, um, so mm. we had come over and so I had packed, we had their clothes and we had everything they needed for school, but we didn't have their, um, anything for breakfast. I just didn't have know what to put. And Ty had to be at um, school early because he was on the praise team. And so he had to be there super early. So it was still dark. It was like 530. And I had been up all night with Johnny's dad um, because we were in the last, you know, 24 hours, uh, 36 Mm -hmm. hours or whatever. And so I remember going to the refrigerator and I was standing there. It was 530 in the morning. I had just woken Tyler up after I had been up all night. And I opened the refrigerator and I stood at the refrigerator. I just said, Lord, I don't know what to feed my kids for breakfast. Like Mm -hmm. I just was, it was that moment of just like, I'm at the end of myself Mm -hmm. and I have to get my, my son to school and I don't know what to feed my kids for breakfast. And outside of my mother-in-law's window, her kitchen window, I hear Jody and I look out the window and there stand two of my friends at 530. It is pitch dark in the morning with a box of donuts in their hands. And I just started to weep because it, it, God yeah. told them, probably the night before, God told them, hey, Jody's going to need some donuts in the morning. Yeah. So I need you to get up at oh, dark 30 and get some donuts and head on over to the house, not even my house, right. my mother-in-law's house, with a box of donuts for, for her family. And, you know, it, it's it's that moment when I was so overwhelmed by this love through these godly friends 
but the love of God, Mm -hmm. because they couldn't have possibly known the need. And he waited until I knew the need, right? They didn't show up until I knew that my need was deep. And then just some donuts, you know? Anyway, just one of those moments when the love of God just flooded me. Yeah. And I I just have to say that, you know, we've been talking about as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, we've talked about, we've talked about joy. We have talked about hope and now we've talked about peace and we've talked about love and every single one of them is a gift from God. It's the gift of God to us Yeah, that we get to, you don't have to earn hope. (laughs) You don't have to, you know, somehow, you know. I don't know, being God's grace is in such a way that he allows you to experience a measure of joy. It's, it's just the gift of who he is to us. And the fact that at Christmas, we celebrate the coming of Jesus and all that he did as he modeled life and perfect relationship with the father as a human experiencing all the stuff that we experience and obedience, even to the point of, you know, of death, of Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. We're celebrating that even now. I know it's not Easter, it's Christmas, but that's what we celebrate at Christmas, that that this kind of love came into the world for you and me so that we could see it, see what it looks like, so that we could be saved for all time, that Jesus Christ took the punishment that we deserve for us on the cross and gave us in exchange he took our sin and he gave us in exchange eternal life. I mean, what a trade. It's incredible. And all of it is a free gift and just needs to be received. Amen. I've gotten a lot of amens today. I'm feeling a lot of affirmation in this podcast. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. We are we are um extending our time again, but it has been so good to just talk about the peace and love of God. It's a great place to be. It is. What a joy to be with you. And we just want to wish you from both Jody and I, the merriest, merriest Christmas. Have an amazing, amazing Christmas. And do we have another podcast before the new year? Is this it before the new year? We do. One more. Oh, good. We're going to do one more before the, before, well, we're going to do one more before Christmas yet. And then we'll have one between Christmas and New Year's as well. Awesome. All right. So go out there, be the peace, receive the peace, love, joy, and hope of Christ and be it to everybody you come in contact with. And as you do that, just remember we serve a real God and he really loves you.